1: Hello everyone, I'm the Renegade Statman and welcome to this very special edition of a 90s East Anglia football special. I'm joined by two players that in the 90s were considered to be young, hot prospects. I'm not sure whether they would be able to be considered that still, but they went on to make 300 Premier League appearances between them and scored 30 Premier League goals, although one of you was doing a bit of the heavy lifting out of that. Uh, But we'll start in the yellow corner, a famous face to... uh, Fans above north of the border with 204 appearances and, and 36 goals for Norwich City. Really pleased that you could come and join us, Darren. Welcome.
2: My pleasure. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, um, having discussions with Kieran the other day about um, what we're going to chat about. I thought it would be quite easy to pick a team, but um, it's, it's been probably a little bit more difficult than I thought it'd be. But uh, enjoyable. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, quick, quick thoughts on Norwich City's plight after their... However, many relegations from the Premier League. Do we have to go there? Oh, okay, no, it's, we... it's a disappointing season. It's a disappointing season. Of course, it is. I, look, I said right from probably five, six, seven games into the season, it was going to be. It was going to be tough. Um, just the quality that was brought into the side this season, um, and that wasn't without trying. You know, they went out and recruited as best they could, but unfortunately, most of the players they brought in have, have fallen short um, for one reason or another. I think there was a lot of youngsters coming, a lot of foreign lads coming at the same time. And it's so difficult to get a group of seven or eight youngsters from from foreign climes to hit the ground running in the Premier League, the hardest league in the world. So um, I think there was a little bit of inevitability about it from quite early. Um, they sort of had a couple of spells under Dean Smith where they felt as if they might trouble um, a little bit further up the table, but uh, you know I think it was it was uh, I don't want to say well deserved, but it was it was inevitable. That it was going to happen and. Um, yeah, it's disappointing, but you know we're, we're experts at trying to rebound quite quickly, and and that's what we're looking to do again.
1: Good stuff. And and a quick word on your time at at Layston. Uh I think you finished sixth or seventh last season. And what what's your hopes for next season's campaign?
2: Yeah, we finished seventh. Um, I think it was about four or five points just outside the playoffs, and we're in and out of the playoffs um, a couple of times during the season. So it it's, it's decent. You know, we had. Um, a tough start. When we came in, we, we lost a lot of players um, before we took over and we were bottom of the league. COVID sort of curtailed that season, which did us a favour. Um, we then managed to sign six or seven players and finish up seventh this year, just outside the playoffs. And, and we're already looking to recruit again this summer um, to go again. And hopefully next season, at least the playoffs, um, we're looking to to sign some really good players, actually from north and south of the border. Um, and I mean the Suffolk-Norfolk border. Um, to try and help us to to push into get into step two, um, which are then you know only couple of leagues off a football league. Then,
1: well, out, out of the two teams that you you just spoke about, I wish, and the best of luck next season. Um, <laughs> moving into into the blue corner, uh, weighing in at nine stone and two pounds, I think you probably were back in in nineteen ninety six. One hundred and seventeen appearances and and twelve goals for for town. Last time we spoke, Kieran, uh, you just left the club. And you caused a bit of a bit of a furore on 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 Twitter and social media by wearing a footballer's jersey to a football game, which was a bit of a shock. So, how are you?
3: Talking of jerseys, just before we came on air, I was talking about Darren's top, a uh, lovely yellow top to represent Norwich, uh, and he said that he wouldn't wear a kit because of bloody blah, de bloody blah, de blah, and there was a lot of swear words. So, I've run upstairs. And I've got
2: oh yeah a real kit.
3: Love it. Look to at that. At least it's out. Hey, at so, least it's not blue. At
2: least it's not blue. It's fine. Yeah, I'm I was okay
3: going to okay okay wear, wear the blue one the one when we won five 0 uh, You didn't
2: play. It. <laughs> was that the last time you beat us? I think it uh, was. Right?
3: <laughs> it was a century. Answer. Yeah. Good answer. Uh, yeah, the Cameron Humphreys one. There was a bit of tongue-in-cheek in it from me. But I did something similar a couple of years ago. Andre Dazelle was getting a lot of stick at the time. Um, a local lad come through the academy, so I wore a Andre Dizel, uh shirt. Um, I have three players' shirts. I have Tuanda's shirt. I have Cameron Humphreys' shirt. And I have um, Sonny Aluko shirt. Um, so I thought... After doing that interview, I'd wear a um I'd wear a Cameron Humphrey shirt to represent and obviously uh it ruffled a few feathers, but it was never meant to be. It was all tongue in cheek, but
1: good stuff. Uh, Sonia Luco doesn't score at home, so that's a shirt that you need to wear for away matches.
3: Yes, of course. At least he signed for next season.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I'm glad that, that glad that you signed. So the reason that we're we're here is uh we're gonna try and you're going to try and piece together I'm, I'm not referee kieran's told me that i can't influence him too much and i'm not allowed to have the cast and vote but we're gonna we're gonna try and come up with a, a an ultimate 11 from norwich and Ipswich town players from the players that you played with during the 90s um i don't know does anybody want to go first i think kieran you're you're first if we well actually before we get to the players I think is it probably starting with a formation? Do you want to have a look at a formation at all?
3: Before we start, I just, I, yeah, because my formations, my players will change depending on what formations we play. Yeah. So I'll give Mister Edie the option of picking whatever formation he wants to do. But I've just got one question. One question before we start: Who is the bigger club, Ipswich Town or Norwich? (laughs) That's all. I I just want to. Okay. Okay.
2: A lot. I've got an easy answer to that. If you mean now or historically, they're two very different answers. Historically, I would I would say Ipswich are the bigger club. They've had the more history in terms of the trophies they've won. I would openly admit that. But I would say now, currently, Norwich City is the bigger football club. On and off the field in terms of its profile, its Premier League status just gone, of course. But also the infrastructure they've got behind the scenes with their training ground, which I'm sure you've seen, Kieran, is, is outstanding. I think... Um, Ipswich are on their way back, and I, and I do worry, being an Norwich fan, that uh, they will be hot on our tails in it in a year or so's time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Look, as much as it was that rivalry, I, I loved it. I, I miss not having those derbies. Um, used to make the season, especially as a player, but also as a fan now, it's it's just that added extra, added, you know, a bit of bonus to to a season, and and I miss it. I really do. So I, I wish Ipswich all the best. to to hopefully, come back into the championship, and if you come in the championship, hopefully, we'll be in the Premier League. So it will take another season before we see you.
3: And can I say, when we talked about this idea, you did say, and I can quote you on this: if you're talking about all-time Ipswich eleven for all-time Norwich eleven, there wouldn't be a Norwich player in the eleven. <laughs> that
2: lead, uh, is look, that right? Again, but again, I, <laughs> it is, but then then I, ha- I have to look back to to the times of, of when Ipswich were winning European cups. You know that 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 team was sensational. So you look on the, on the sheer facts of that, you, you have to worry if, they, you know, if I was a Norwich looking at it and thinking, who would we get in there? There might be one, perhaps one or two, but um, I openly admit that, but to say, we're going for the ones we played with. And I think you probably then had a look at that. and thought, actually Darren's played with some decent ones at Norwich. So, so it's probably going to be a little bit more even, which is uh, I think probably the best way of having it.
3: Yep. hundred percent. Good stuff. So, so are, are we? Formation. You yeah. can pick the formation.
2: Oh yeah. Formation. So I was, I was, Again, I, 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 you know, I thought I'd play, pick a team. Actually, this could be a four-four-two or it could be a four-three-three. So, okay. for a formation-wise, it doesn't matter to me. I can go with either. I've set it up on my pad here. I've got as a four-three-three, but I could go four-four-two. Depends okay. how we're getting
3: on. I'll, I'll do the same then. I'll do the same. Yeah.
2: Good, so, good,
1: good stuff. Should we start I'll, with you, Kieran, with the keeper?
3: Well, I've only played for one goalkeeper at Ipswich in my time. How many appearances did you say?
1: Well, one hundred and seventeen. But I, I don't want to correct played you. Played of them.
3: One hundred.
1: You did play with with Aaron Lee Barrett and the and and sadly departed Martin Fulop, um when you returned in two thousand and ten, eleven, um, or twelve. But obviously they're outside of the nineties. And yeah, in in your time, it was switching. Your your first spell, um, every game that you played, Richard Wright was the keeper. And when you were injured, uh, Craig Forrest uh came in, and Craig Forrest got a lot of games, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you're putting Richard Wright on, on the on, on the table as the player yep, that you'd
3: want. He obviously went on to play for England, made a number of Premier League appearances. Darren had obviously trained and played alongside him in the under-21s for England. He knows how good Richard Wright was. Um, I think that he underachieved in his career because when he was 17, 18, he was coming through. I thought he was going to go on to... Get at least over fifty caps for and He was that good. He was that promising. Um, you talk about keepers with their distribution today. His kicking was incredible. Um, the amount of points he saved with his shot stopping as well. Um, I think that's a no-brainer that he's going to make this team. But it'll be interesting to see what Mister Edie has to say.
2: Well, I think you know who I'm going to pick, and, and it's someone who probably which fans admire quite a lot as well. is um, Is Brian Gunn for, for obvious reasons, um, the air kick back in the day down at uh, Portman Road. But Gunn, was for me was he was not only a, a fantastic keeper and a Scottish international and, and and did really well, but for me he was um, he was kind of a, a mentor on the pitch as well as a youngster coming through. Different with Richard Wright and yourself, Kieran, you, you sort of grew up together and come through the academy together. And seen that growth, whereas Gunny was that mentor to me when I first got into the Norwich team and kind of took me under his wing. And he was, he was a brilliant goalkeeper, but, he, you know, he was really good with his feet as well. We trained on the, in five sides, we trained on the pitch, never playing goal. Um, he, was, he was that good with his feet as well. So I think this one is, is quite, a, quite a close one. But if you're comparing England to Scotland, being an Englishman, there, there, there's only one winner. So, I, you know, as much as I'd love to see Gunny in, in that starting eleven. Richard Wright for me. Anybody who plays for England almost gets an automatic pass into the team because, uh, you know, England for me is the pinnacle of anybody's achievements for anybody in the UK. And and uh, Richard Wright did that. And like you said, should have probably got more caps um, and should have gone on to bigger and better things. But but I'd, uh, you know, it's close. But but I have to concede on this one. I, I think Richard Wright is probably the one that should go in.
3: Gunny better than Mr. Marshall was he? go at Norwich? Yeah, he, he was. was like, Marsh you know, was on
2: the 21s Ma- as well. Yeah, and Marsh came down to Ipswich for a while, as you know, for, so he played yeah. for both clubs. Um, Marsh was a, the, probably one of the best shot stoppers I've ever seen in terms of penalties and, and club, but he, he, as you probably witnessed, Kieran, not the best with his feet at times. And I think that that's one thing that let him down. And actually, when Marsh was coming through as a youngster, the, the back rule pass then changed, so he couldn't pick it up. So that, he had something he had to deal with as he was coming through his youth system. So, um and unfortunately for Marsh, that was probably the biggest thing he struggled on. Fantastic goalkeeper, but the one thing that let him down at times was he couldn't keep it on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but that's that as a goalkeeper was great. As I say, that you know, played for both clubs. But um, for me, Gunny was was better. And ju- just Gunny as a character, as well as a you know, charismatic person on the pitch, and was part of that Norwich team that beat by Munich in Munich Stadium, and. Yeah, as I said, it was, a, it was a massive mentor to me. Um, on and off the pitch. Always took a few quid off me in the card school, um, showing no mercy to the young lads. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree. Anybody who plays for England probably just gets the
3: nod. There's no probably about it. <laughs> All right,
2: <laughs> he does get the nod.
3: That's nope. okay, that's why Neil, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, we'll take that. No, no, we won't take that. You'll you'll take that. I'm I'm, I'm remained impartial. Um, and a number of Scottish viewers have just Switched off. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was a bit worried that you were going to say Andy Marshall, but you know, to be fair, he was a brave person to come across the the, the border and obviously went back and and played and got lots of stick. But
2: yeah, uh, I'm
3: sure Ryan, Darren will have a midfielder who kind of did that. Maybe in his
2: <laughs> he knows maybe. he maybe. knows it's coming. He knows
1: yeah. it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it could be controversial that one. So where do you want to go, Kieran? Want to go for
3: right? I uh, Darren can pick his right back. Yep.
2: Right back. Well, I think I knew who you're going to pick anyway, and I hated playing against him because not because not he was a decent player to get me wrong, but he was f***ing horrible. If you excuse my French, <laughs> um, he was horrible to play against. So I think that's who you're probably going to pick. But for me, I, I I personally think the the person I'm going to pick was the complete right back. He was almost the right back of modern days, but playing back then, he could play as a wing back, he could play as a central defender, he plays an out and out right back, and, and I'm going for for Ian Colberhouse. Um, he was just, um, he was the quietest man off the pitch as well. I used to clean his boots as an, as an apprenticeship when I, when I was coming through. But on the pitch, he was just always in the right place at the right time. A bit of a silent assassin, um, but was just Mr. Reliable week in, week out. He's one of those players that you'd give, he gave you, you know, an eight or nine out of 10 every single week. And from a right back, that's what you want that consistency. Your full backs, you want to be able to, to do that. He was an out and out defender, first and foremost. Um, but he did like to get forward as well. So Ian Colberhouse for me is, is, is my right back. And again, he was part of that that team that beat Munich and had the, the run in the European Cup. So um, for me, it's, it's Ian Colberhouse.
3: For me, I might shock you here. Uh, I think you think I'm going to go for Tariko at right back. Um, Tariko does make my team, but he's not going to make my team at right back. And that was oh. because I had to fit this player into my 11. Again, you talked about Brian Gunn being a mentor to you. He was a fantastic fantastic mentor for me, um, especially in my first season. I did end up playing right back and he played in front of me. And that's Mickey Stockwell. Mickey Stockwell played, he's a bit like me. He played in every single position. For Ipswich Town, he played up front, scored goals, played set midfield. Um, so I have gone for Mickey Stockwell at right back. Um, I had a testimonial at Ipswich. He's in the Ipswich Town Hall of Fame. Um, Culverhouse is a great shout. And the European campaign does give him a bit more clout, but that's a tough one, that one. <laughs> because it is what it saying, is. Saying Culverhouse was first and foremost, he was all about defend first and then with a bit of attacking, but fullbacks today are all about attacking, really, defending thing, but... Oh. Uh,
2: but remember, we're talking about the 90s, we're not yeah, talking yeah, about the yeah, yeah. today, yeah. we're talking about the teams. But look, it's one of those ones, actually, where I think you know there's, there is going to be, throughout this, players where actually it, it's probably level and it's not much difference between the two, so I have to pick one out of those two, I think is is really difficult. You know, it's it's, it's really difficult thing to do, so we really should have a referee, and I know the stat man says he doesn't want to be, but I think we're going to need someone to probably step in at some point of course, yeah. to to give their
3: views. Got take your Ipswich bias head off. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: going to, I'm, I'm going to take it off. And just for the, the interest of this, this competition, I think that we will give it to Ian Calverhouse and a, We'll take it at one-one. We can't we can't have an early two-nil lead um, because some okay. people turn off. No, you just,
2: can't have that as a reason. A cop out. That's a shamble. You'll right, okay. get
3: abused on Twitter. Now, <laughs> <All> right, <again. laughs> Mickey,
1: Mickey Stockwell made over six hundred appearances for for, for Ipswich um, over a long period of time. He was uh, a dependable player, Mister Hundred and Ten uh, percent. Like you say, scored in lots of positions and stuff like that. you know what I'll do actually we'll go to left back I'm just going to stick on to my I'm I'm, going to stick on to my my, my phone who's the best right back Mickey Stockwell or Ian Culverhouse and I'll leave it for 10 minutes and then I'll update you on who's who's yeah
2: but you could have all Lipswich fans following you aren't you it's going to be an easy one for them to pick isn't it of course it is it's stupid you can't have that one right I'm I'm going to get I'm going
1: to get I'm going to be completely honest and we'll go with Ian Culverhouse just purely for uh The drama of where this goes because we might have five or six (laughs) people. It's really difficult for me because my my eleven would be right Stockwell, Clapham, Dyer, blah 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 blah. So um, uh, uh, the
2: interesting. Yeah, but I I could say that with the Norwich players, and Kieran can say about the Ipswich players. But I think you know I'm open enough to say if I think someone's a better player than the person that I've suggested. I'll be quite honest. My centre halves, I'm not sure about. And that's where I've struggled. The biggest, that my whole team, my central defenders have been the biggest one for me to pick, the most difficult ones for me to pick. Um, but anyway, it's down to you. In Culverhouse. I'll give isn't.
3: you Culverhouse. Yeah. I'll will give you yeah. Culverhouse. <laughs> Only be because, All right. also, and that's no disrespect to Mick Stockwell, but I played with Mick Stockwell towards the end of his career. I didn't play yeah. with Mick Stockwell at his absolute peak. peak. Uh, mm. Well, he's prime, should I say. So, yeah, the thing is, well,
2: you look, at, you look at the back of the Colbert House and Colbert House was in, say, was in the team that played against Munich and beat them, to so playing in Europe. He also was in the team that finished third in the Premier League the season before. So, you know, if you look, if you weigh things up on purely stats on that type of thing and not just appearances. I mean, you know, we all, we've all got players in the team well, I've known who's played six 700 games, but they won't make this team because, you know, it could be somebody who's just played for a season but you play with them, then they've had that total bit of quality that you just want to make sure they're, they're shoehorned into the team. So it's not being disrespectful to anybody, I don't think. But if you look at, as I said, with Gunny, the reason that I, pick, I picked or agreed with Rich Wright over Gunny is because he played for England. And that's purely the fact, you know, that I see as England being a bigger achievement than playing for Scotland. And I'm half Scottish. So, you know, I, I, it's, it's one of those things. So I, I totally get it. But yeah, um, OK, the culver house it is.
3: Left back, I well, again, I ideally when I was going through the team, I had Clapham left back and Tariko right back. And Clapham was incredible in the season I played for him at Ipswich, he won supporters player of the year. Uh, but I had to get Mick Stockwell in the team, so between Tariko and Clapham, it was Tariko, he's not only a Club legend, he's also an icon of the club. um Like people like Martin Russo are icons and maybe not legends like the 70s, 80s team, but I think that Tariqo is a legend and an icon and it just speaks to uh him as a player. You said it, he was a horrible, he trained like that. He used to nip you in training and what the fuck are you doing <laughs> He was very He used to nip you in training. He was just horrible. He just and uh he was very good on the, with the ball, very good with the ball. So that couple of seasons when he played with Paul Mason and uh, I was lucky enough to play in front of him a few times, he'd give you the ball at the right time, the right way to pass, he'd score goals from fullback. Um, he went on to Tottenham, played over a hundred games for Tottenham. Um yeah, uh, Tirico's my left back, 100%. Okay.
2: For me, it's actually someone who's had the other passage. They've come, they came from Tottenham to Norwich, um, and it, it's Mark Bowen. So Mark Bowen was um, a Welsh international, um, played hundreds of games for Norwich. He, you talk about the modern-day fullback playing the way we did back then. He was one of those. He, he scored so many goals from the left-back position because of his timings of his runs. Um, obviously, then went on to to manage and, and still within management and stuff and coaching now. But Mark Bowen, for me was the consummate left back. Again, he was a defender first and foremost, but he could score goals. Um, he probably wasn't as horrible. Well, he wasn't as horrible as Tariqo. He certainly wasn't. Um, but I think Mark Bowen was a sensational player. And again, he was part of that squad that l- l- finished third in the Premier League um, and was a big part of that for, for many years. Um, grumpy as fuck off the pitch. Just so, honestly, he was horrible. Just the, just like, the moniest, grumpiest bloke you would ever meet in your life. But sometimes they're the ones that make the, the best players on the pitch. And uh, he was like that. But he was a, he was a, he was a fantastic player. Um, obviously played in the same Welsh team as, as Mark Hughes and stuff as well. So he's got a good pedigree. Um, and, do you know, and this is one of those ones, I think, I know what you're saying in terms of iconic. Taffy wasn't probably a, an icon for Norwich in terms of his... Is um his name because you, people also look at Adam Drury in that sort of sense. Mm-hmm. But actually for me, Mark Bowen was a, probably a better out and out player than Adam Drury was because he played think, a very different type of players as well. Adam Drury basically defended for Huckabee essentially. That's what he did. <laughs> he had to deal with defending for Hugs. But for me, it's yeah, Mark Bowen is, is my left back. Um so what do you think of that, man
1: Maurizio Torrico was one of my f- favourite players. Everything that you said, you know, that he was niggly and stuff was everything that we we loved about him as a player. Um, I was lucky enough mm. to to interview him after he he scored um, against you on a Friday night in, in April, um, 97, I think. Um, and he phoned yeah. me up the next, next morning, Torrico did, and um, it was the days when you didn't have a mobile phone, so you had to, like, go and get the phone. And I picked it up and there was like, Hello, this is Maurizio. Did you want to do an interview as for the supporters' club, which was a bit odd? And suddenly, I soon found myself around his house, and um, he really hated Norwich. That's what I would say. He
2: said,
1: <laughs> "I, I, I play like I think a fan would want me to play," and I, I think that that's what I recognise. It's really difficult for me when I look down the list of players that that um, had played with you at Norwich. Mark Bowen did did stand out, um, but. Mm. It, for me, uh, I guess the question is, and I didn't know who you were going to come up with, so I don't know the stats for everybody, But I know that Torico definitely scored in the in an East Anglian derby back in '97 um, during the time. But I don't know where. I, no
2: I think, I think, I think for me, the if I look back on, I often get asked who is the most difficult right back you played against, and he was one of them. He was because he was a great player, but he was just horrible, and and for any. Player who's got you know pace and technical ability, he would make sure he did his best to uh, eliminate that. And then by hook or by crook, whichever means it took. And you know, back in the nineties the when I had the curly curtains, he would be pulling your hair I and mean, just all sorts of stuff. He was just horrible, and he would he would be spitting and he'd be like pinching you, and you just think, just yeah, it was just a horrible. So I think look, if I'm gonna, I think in in if I always remember right back as being like that. I think that that says a lot, probably. So, um, yeah, I would I would probably agree that Mauricio Tirico, although I see him as a right back and not a left back, um, I, w- I would give you Tirico.
3: Hundred yeah. percent. That was that was. I was arguing till I would have argued to anywhere to that <laughs> one. He's just like I said. If you played with him, obviously you played. With, if you would have played with him, he would have been an. Unbel- you would have just had the ball at the right time, the right ways. So he would have been incredible yeah. for you. Um I agree with you with Mister Bowen as a grumpy old man because obviously I was at QPR when Mark Hughes came in and he brought him in. He's still grumpy as hell.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought he might change in his old
1: age. No, 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 no no,
3: no, 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 no. So Should- yeah.
2: This is far
1: harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm trying to, you know, mm. be be impartial, but yeah, I, I think Torico is. But what we'll do, um, back as they did in the mid '90s, I think there were only there are only three substitutes allowed, and it, it will be up to you to decide uh, the players that that didn't make the team whether we Ooh. go for a, a a keeper on the bench it would be Brian Gunn or, or or three outfield players. So I'm making a list for those. Because- nah. outfield
2: players sack the keepers off. Yeah, we didn't. Sorry, Brian. We didn't have have sub goal leagues in the 90s, did we? Nobody bothered. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, we had Lee. Lee,
0: Do you remember Lee Lee
1: Bracey? Bracey. Yeah. Yeah. Sat on the bench for probably a 100 odd times and never came on, but was quite good at a supporters club quiz. So he he did add some value to the, the club whilst he was here. But yeah,
2: tricky. But I, do, but I remember I remember Gunny going off in a game against Sheffield United and Rob Newman playing the goal because we didn't have a sub-goalie. So we, a lot of the times you wouldn't you just have that all whole outfield went players. Goal
3: as well for us.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, so we're not having any, we're having none of those. No, no none of them on the bench. No, nah, no goalkeepers. All outfield players.
1: The Goalkeepers union are turning off now. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move to your two centre-halves and reveal one at a time if you like or go for both and we'll, we'll discuss the four.
2: Uh, look, for me, this was this as I said, this was the most difficult. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm an attacker, I probably don't see the value in central defenders. <laughs> so, I you know, if, if you look back in history of it, which, like I said to Kieran before, you know, butchering that just stands out miles, you'd always he's gonna beat anyone. So, I was trying to, in terms of who I played with, their background and where they played, and other clubs they played for as well. So, for me, it was really difficult. We had and I always try to look at the highest level as well, so if they played in the Premier League, you know, if they play for their country. So there was a couple for me that I wasn't quite sure about, and I'm still not sure. I'm kind of, I sort of toyed with about four. So Rob Newman was, was one, because Rob, Rob was the captain against um, in Milan when we played in Milan. Um, but he had his issues. He wasn't, didn't have no pace. Um, great on the ball, great in the air, but he was a typical sort of old school centre-half. Good distribution, um, but one thing he lacked was a little bit of pace. The other one I thought about was Malky Mackay, but Malky Mackay, again, lacked a bit of pace, but was great in the air, really physical, proper old-school defender, edit, kick it, whatever you need him to do, leader on and off the pitch. But the two I kind of went for were probably just my opinions of uh, cent- central defenders like I saw a little bit of class in and where they came from as well. So so one I went for was uh, was Matt Jackson, Um, played with Matt Jackson obviously came from Everton to us Um, a very kind of just lovely player to watch on the ball as well he wasn't a big physical central defender Um, he was just really good at reading the game getting himself in the right positions his distribution was great Um, so for me Matt Jackson was was one of my central defenders but I find it difficult to talk about central defenders because it's almost like I have no interest in them (laughs) that sounds terrible but maybe it's because, as I say, I didn't find that position um, too exciting for me. So maybe, I, I you know, as a, as a person, I couldn't find the attributes I was needing. But for me, there was sort of two I thought that were very good in terms of the levels they played. Matt Jackson was, was one of them.
1: Do you want to reveal one of yours, Kieran?
3: It was down to three centre-halves. Obviously, I had to pick two. The three centre-halves were Mark Venus, Tony Mowbray and Titus Bramble. Um, I'll go for, obviously, left-sided centre-half, which was Mark Venus. Um, again, probably one of the top five most underrated players I've ever played with. His left foot was an absolute wand. I always... I was playing centre midfield at the time. He'd always give me the ball. He didn't care if I was marked. He was so confident on the ball. You could give him the ball. Um score Thunderbolt, free kicks. Yeah. He was a top, top centre-half. So when, I think it was Steve Sedgley, who was probably our biggest earner and biggest high-profile player at the time, when we did the swap deal um, and we got um, Vino um, as a replacement, that was another great, great business by George Burley. We always talk about his knack for finding these players out of nowhere. Um, so my first centre-half would be um, Mark Venus. And then that left it between Tony Mowbray and Titus. Um, I only played probably half the season with Titus at Ipswich. Um, pace, power, unbelievable on the ball. Um, again, when we were talking about Mick Stockwell, I probably played with uh, Moga when he was coming to the end of his career I never really played with him in his prime um, so I went for Titus what might shock a few people but like I said I've seen him man up Drogba out of the game Van Nistra out of the game he's played in Champions Leagues he, I think what is it he is the, he's made more Premier League appearances without an England appearance than any other centre-half in, in this country uh, which is testament to him. And I really feel if he would have probably come up at a different academy, not Ipswich, maybe Norwich Academy, <laughs> where you could just boot the ball out into white Rosie, that would have solved half his problems with his mistakes because he was so good on the ball and he was always taught from such a young age to take risks Um as you see some of his blunders in the Premier League, that was just because he was so confident in his ability, where if he would have had a better schooling of just boot it, don't take no risks, then I don't think it would have seen half the mistakes. But on his day, no one could do Titus. So I've gone for Titus and Mark Venus.
2: I think my second choice of central defence was um, John Newsom. We got him from Leeds um big powerful central defender great in the air scored goals a leader on and off the pitch as well typical Yorkshireman every pound was a prisoner tight as a duck's ass but he was just um for me he was he was a modern day center half playing back in the 90s he was graceful on the ball he was quick um big and strong you know he wasn't too dissimilar to what Titus was I think but but you know, a different kind of era. And when when he came to us, he was probably on his late twenties. So he was he was sort of reaching his peak. Um, he was only with us for a couple of seasons, um, and then then his knee, in, I think it was, and and then had to retire. But he was for me was, in terms of a, a, a Bentley, a Rolls Royce of, of central defenders like I played with. John Newsom was that. Um, we did well to get him from Leeds at the time. He came to Norwich because we'd just been in that European campaign. Um, he then signed for us, hoping we'd be then achieving stuff like that again, which we didn't. Um, but for me he was a he was a real Rolls Royce of a of a central defender. So so for me it was it was Matt Jackson and uh John Newsom. He had Picked the bones reput- out of that statement.
3: He had the he had the reputation as well, didn't he? When he came to you lot. Uh, that and yeah. we were all in this division. He was the best centre half in the division at the time. guys I, I can remember yeah. every time we played him, or there was a new newspaper article or a Sky game. He's the best centre half outside the Premier League. I knew you would. Yeah, you.
2: and he was, and he was. Do you know what I mean? He's, he was. He's a unit as well. He, he probably doesn't look as big as he is. You know, you think sometimes these players deceptive, but he was just a powerhouse as well. He had, he had everything he was really good at reading the game in terms so, you know you often if you get a big lad like that they're not the most mobile but he was you know he had he had everything for me um yes yeah, so like you said he was he was well regarded before he even came to us so we were quite surprised when he did chosen we' just just got we're still in the premier League the first league the first time he came the first season he came. And then we got relegated that season. But he was, yeah, for me, probably the, the best central defender I've, I've played with at club. I, I and you know, I've played with a few, to be fair. Leicester were absolute monsters. But but John Newsom was probably the the most, I'd say, complete central defender that I've played with.
1: I've stuck down Mark Venus and, and John Newsome, um, if you if you want to disagree. Kind of rolling out Titus a little bit, because um, you didn't play with him that that much I thought maybe you might have gone for for Mogger over over Titus. And I just had a look. Titus made 292 appearances, which was about uh, Premier League appearances, which is about 10 less than the two of you put together. So his career obviously went on and, and, and did well but I think for, for this John Newson was a name that 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 stood out for me. Um, so you've got you you've got Richard Wright in goal and reading a back from you know reading across from right back Ian Culverhouse John Newsome, Mark Venus, Maurizio, Tarico, um, so very left-sided Ipswich and right-right-sided Norwich City at the moment. Um, but now I think we're going to move into the perhaps the more the more the more difficult and certainly for you, Darren. Now it gets
2: excited. Yes, right. Do yeah. we care? Do we care defen- about attackers? I don't care about defenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care. I picked them in two minutes. The defenders, the, the, the attackers <laughs> was much more much more difficult. But I'll let I'll let. Um, so you're going to do a. A three in midfield, are you going to go for your two at once? Where are you going to start this, Kieran? What do you want uh,
3: to do? Yeah, so basically, I will it is a 4 4 2 or 4 3 3. So one of my strikers will drop off into a okay, yeah,
2: yeah, so, same as me then.
3: So, uh, my two center midfielders, yep, yep going in, are pretty self explanatory Matt Holland and Jim Jilton. Um, Jim McGilton is the best player I've ever played with at Ipswich at the time. Um, I remember when we got him in and his first day in training, I was like, who is this guy? Who have we signed? He was a madman. He was so demanding. He hated it because he was a winner. And it always used to be old V Young and he was in the Oldens team. And us youngsters used to batter them all the time and he didn't like it. Um, he was so brave. Always wanted the ball. His range of passing was incredible. Um, yeah, George Burley's best ever signing. Uh, probably could these two could be uh, probably be out of these two. It'll be out of Matt Holland and um, and Jim. Matt Holland again wasn't blessed with great technical ability, like, but he was an eight out of 10 at most things, seven out of 10 at most things, could score goals, could defend, could head, could tackle, could run box to box, could play centre-half. He was captain of the team, uh, which to give a... How old was Matt when he first came? 25, 26. To give him the captaincy in front of Tony Mowbray just to go to show what kind of leader he was. Um, He went on to play in the Premier League he went on to score in the World Cup um, for Republic of Ireland. I still rib him a bit because he was a Republic of Ireland international, but when we played at Wembley in the playoffs, we singing the National Anthem of England. I'm still laughing over <laughs> that. Maybe that on we could ask him how, what happened that day while he was singing the English National Anthem when uh, he was going. It's because he, he wasn't good enough to play for England.
2: That's, what it was. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all it is. That's why we play for the Republic of Ireland. That's what people yeah. play for the Republic of Ireland for. If you've got English heritage as well, because <laughs> you you're can't de- get in upset. It's
3: that these heroes. Roy Keane and all these Irish. <laughs>
1: so yeah, yeah, I, oh, I'll edit that. I'll it that bit out. Um, it's interesting that you, you were saying about that because I think Roy Keane mentions it in his book. Uh, the same okay. situation, yeah, and he says mm-hmm. next thing he watches a TV and it's uh, there's Matt Holland singing the the national. National anthem. Oh,
3: Shay Given was upset about that as well. Shea Matt, Given
1: was upset. But you know, Matt. I think overall, Matt was a, is is a, a really nice player. You know, really nice person and stuff like that. And I think he probably just did what he thought was the the right re- respectful thing. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let you say anything about um, a World Cup finals goal scorer. Um, but yeah, I think um, you mentioned about Jim as well. Jim was a, you know absolute. Quality player um, will be remembered fondly for the, the, the playoff semi final against Bolton when he scored that hat trick, but he just had so much more in his locker. And he had, I, I would like to think that he'd get in this team because I, I think he, you know, he had that bite like Tirico, um and and would kind of get, get stuck in. So I guess you're putting Matt Holland and, and, and Jim Majilton forward. And, and this is where I kind of want to get some comfy cushions and sit back and think. Come on, Darren, I have no idea who you're going to be pulling out. Which is I, going to be...
3: There must be one midfielder, I know, surely. Well, uh, I think for me,
2: I have to go on kind of, as you did before, in terms of Tirico being a, an iconic figure for for, Nor- for, um, for Ipswich. There's, there's two, and, and they played with each other. And so for me, it was, it was you know, the partnerships in, in football all so key, vital areas of the pitch. Vital times, and both of these players played in the team that finished there in the Premier League. Both of these players were both integral in the, the, the European run against Bayern Munich and into Milan. Both of these players, one of them is probably a little bit more underrated and, and, and than he should have been, really. And, and actually, it which t- tried to sign him at one point. Sorry, and sorry, Dan, did sign sorry, him. Sorry, then, Dan, he, then he, sorry, then he Dan, came so, back.
3: All right, one minute. You, you keep saying they were both integral parts of this European run. I also have to say. Matt Holland and Jim Majilton were both integral parts of the a- the UEFA Cup run as well. Just, just from- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's
2: fine. <laughs> but, but so, 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 so the two I'm going for. Is, so Ian Crook was just absolute. I mean, absolute dream to play with. If you're if you're a wide man, and you need someone who can just put the ball wherever you need it to be put, and not not in a in defensive sense where it'll just give you the ball and let you have it and let you get on with your thing, he would find passes that people didn't even see without even looking. He just had that natural ability and Ipswich tried to sign him obviously at one point and he even had a picture taken with a shirt, if I remember rightly. It was all in the press and then he'd literally come back to Norwich the same day, hadn't signed the contract and re-signed because Mike Walker had come back to the club um, for his second stint. He was just a player that scored goals, free kicks, smoked fags after the game out the window in the changing rooms, did everything he shouldn't have done off the pitch in terms of that but didn't look after himself particularly well but just... Uh, you know, if you're playing with him, just one of those players that, that will find you with every single pass. You could make runs. You know, he, he probably kept players going for years that weren't good enough, but he's just, as I say, you know, he would find you with those passes. So Ian Crook was one of them. Um, the other one is obviously Jeremy Goss. gossie was was um, an icon at Norwich and still is an icon at Norwich. Jeremy God, he's often known. Did he do um, anything for Norwich? Scored... <laughs> did he do anything for Norwich? He did a couple. He scored a couple of goals one season. But so, he, so he. You we know, haven't heard about he was, that. He's one of his players. You talk. Um, yeah, but but in terms of the lad who who worked his way for the youth team, played in the reserves, come through into the first team, won the FA Youth Cup with with Norwich. So he he he's, he's done his time at Norwich. You know, he did the whole lot, and then he had the season where he scored against Bayern Munich twice. He um he then scored the last goal at the standing cop. Um, he scored a goal at Leeds I think was voted goal of the season he just had the season where everything he banged on volleys was going in from everywhere and he was just an absolute workhorse um, but off the pitch he was an absolute fucking lunatic you meet Gossie now he's the nicest man on the planet he's got the hardest handshake in the world but he's so softly spoken he's very graceful and empathic Gossie was an absolute shambles off the pitch in terms of his preparation he was There'd be times on trips where you'd have to walk past Gossie's room. You'd have to sneak past because you could see his feet underneath the door. And he'd be waiting for you to come past and he'd drag you in and just beat the shit out of you in his room. He once had a headlock, had Mark Robbins, and this is the utmost respect to do something like this. We had an end-of-season trip to Florida. He once had Mark Robbins in a headlock for the entire flight and he wouldn't let him out of it he didn't like him. He hated him, so he just refused to let him out of the headlock for the whole trip. He also, what else has he done? He was also sick on Gary Megson's feet when Gary Megson took over as manager for a bit, and he goss, and he told Gossie what he didn't like about him. So Gossie said, "This is what I think you." And he stood up and threw up over his feet. So he was a he was an absolute beast off the pitch as well. But for me, they those two were like that iconic partnership for, for Norwich City in that era. And again, you know, for me, they would as as Kieran said for for, for Jim Magilton, they were just mentors to me as well we had a we had a side where a lot of youngsters coming through um we had a sort of a you know there was myself andy marshall uh, jamie Curran adi akimbaye andy johnson chris sutton to a certain extent all these lads were coming through and we had these older boys in there like the gossies your your bowens um you know just that were just ian crooks look, 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 led you through um so that they were the two that really got my career off to what I needed it to be. And even when I made my debut for Norwich against Vitas Arnhem at home in the cup, and there's always sliding doors moments in your career, I could have come on and picked the ball up in the left-back position, lost it, and they scored or give the ball and do anything with it. But I got myself into a wide position on the on the uh, out left. And I saw Ian Crook, Crook, Crook pick the ball up and I knew where I needed to be. And he didn't even look, so I didn't have to call for it. He, didn't, he knew exactly where I'd be and he pinged the ball out to me first time. For me to then be able to run at the, the Vita Simon defence, cross a ball in, I think it cleared for a corner, but that set my career away. But that was down to him to be able to find me in that area where he could have quite easily have just given it to one of the old lads. We were three, I think we were three one up in the tie at the time, or two one up as a youngster. I was only eighteen, you know. He could have just t- take took the safety option, but he he gave me the responsibility of passing me the ball without even looking and, and that kind of set my career so I'll be ever thankful for particularly those two in, in the central midfield areas.
3: Great, great points. So it's Matt Holland and Jim and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't oh, right there's one right let's get this in. I get Jeremy Goss scored against Bayern Munich and he you said he had the season where he scored goals. Matt Holland scored 10 goals a season most years, give or take probably worked harder than Gossie, better engine than Gossie, <laughs> done it consistent over a consistent period, a lot longer than Gossie. You're talking about, it's like Gossie's had one great season. I'm just going on what your arguments are saying. Yeah, So no, for, look, me, I, I, I so for, so for me, Matt Holland is a guarantee. Now, where it gets interesting now is a lot of his peers talk very highly of Ian Crook. I think Glenn Hoddle and even people like that, England managers were watching him and George Burley, we just talked about, he always wanted to sign good players. He had this uncanny knack. He wanted to sign Ian Crook. And I know how intelligent he was, but for me, and I don't say this lightly, with players that I've played and played against, especially people who are not quick, like with a Jim jilton who wasn't blessed with pace. He was so sh- quick upstairs. And I'm talking, these are players like Fabregas and people like this, where they see things three steps ahead. And that's the biggest compliment that I can pay Jim Magilton, that he had a soccer brain of like, he wasn't as good as Fabregas, don't get me wrong, it wasn't as good as Scalzi, but he had that kind of, all right, my body might not, but my mind is so much... Sharper than anyone, and it is a tough one. But for me, them two are the perfect I, match.
2: I know. Look, I, I will concede Jeremy Goss because I, you know, as you said, Gossy was was iconic for that that season he had, and I, I agree with that. I think that's that's a that's a fair shout. I don't I don't dispute that. But that one season he had was probably. As one season, probably better than Matt Holland's in terms of all his seasons. But all Matt's seasons, Holland's seasons put together, yeah, he he was probably, well, he is a better player than, than Jeremy Goss and is consistently over so many months of years. But I would say I I have to back Ian Crook in terms of playing with him. So I knew his technicality. I got to see it in training every single day. I got to play with him and and learn from him and 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 just forge my career from as as Jim did for you. You know, it, this is one I think where it's so tight. Because there's very personal reasons behind it for us as well in terms of development of your career and looking at a player and seeing what they do, and Crookie did the same for me, and I think Crookie developed my career a lot quicker than it would have done without him, and you know so so on that as, as I'm sure Jim did for you as well. So so this one for me is is a really tough one. I, I would I would pick Ian Crook over Jim Magilton. I would, and you would pick Jim Magilton over Ian Crook. I understand that. So this is one of those ones I think. I can't decide. I can't so, give you it. I, can I can't decide. give you Jimmy I can decide. I can go <laughs> I, can,
3: I can go with Jim again I, I haven't I haven't had the luxury of playing with Ian Crook and again. I go on what Pierce I've not like. had the luxury
2: of playing with Jimmy Jilton. Yeah. I'm not going on that I've never had the luxury of playing with Jimmy Jilton and, and, well, and your manager, George Bully, tried to sign Ian Crook. And yeah. you know, he was he was integral in in, in lots of I, look, I, it's one of those ones, I think this is, this is, I think it's tight. I'm not that's, sure we can split the two.
3: That's a tie at the moment. We might have to come back to it if it's... My,
2: okay, yeah. If, okay, okay. That's a good idea. Let's yeah. do that. Let's let's put that one on
3: ice. 5v5, and the, the side of the fight <laughs> has to yeah. be The, the gym's in the team.
1: <laughs> oh, <For, laughs> my battery runs out. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for me... um, that is a really tough one, and listening to, to what you you're both saying, uh, Jim was my favourite player, um, so I'm definitely not going to go uh, uh, suggest Jim anybody other than than Jim. But Ian Crook, I've got to say, back in the 90s when we when we signed him, and what I remember is actually we've got a decent player here. You know, we're we're getting Norwich's best player, and he's come to sign sign for us, and it was seen as a as a major coup. And then obviously Mike Walker came and he, and he disappeared off. And um, so I do remember at the time that the town fan base was really, really excited to get Ian Crook. Um, but by the fact that he he, he changed his mind, and there's a little bit of a worry here, Darren, you know, if, if we put him in, um, if we put him in the team, is is, is he going to commit or is he just going to disappear off somewhere else? And that, that that's the issue I've got.
2: We can play for both teams now, can't he? So that's fine. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, look, look, look. <laughs> Let, let's 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 park him. We've
3: even now. got the dilemma
2: where
3: you could you move Matt Holland out and then you play a Jim and Ian Crook, but then they're so similar. Mm. They'd hate to play it with each other because they want to be doing what each other's doing, if you know what I mean. So I think you have yeah, to keep Matt I in agree. you have to decide between one of the, the other two. How Which, we'll do okay, that, we'll
2: come back to that. I don't
3: know. Yeah.
2: Well, which, which side do you put yourself here?
3: I <laughs> put <laughs> myself on the right. The I dreaded right.
2: all right. <laughs> <laughs>